Peter. Coming from the heart of the community. Well, welcome to uh, a special edition of uh, Green Matters. Uh, Peter with you uh, for the next hour. Uh, at the Green Fair uh, last week, uh, we uh, had a question time type panel. Uh, and that's uh, coming a little bit later in the uh, show. Uh, but we had a couple of speakers. Uh, Sharon Lashley from uh, Climate Action North. And uh, we started off uh, with uh, Calvin Lawson. Uh, he uh, represented uh, Friends uh, of uh, the Earth. Uh, and uh, he spoke uh, to an audience uh, last week at the Methodist Church here in Bishop Auckland. Uh, and this is what uh, he had to say. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so I'm uh, Calvin from Friends of the Earth. I am the um, Northeast Regional and uh, Regional Campaigns Organiser here. Um, this is the first time I've had somebody in my position in the Northeast for about 15 years. And I think because of that, the Northeast being kind of um, left to its own devices, really. I mean, we had a, somebody working in Yorkshire and the Northeast. But um, now it means we've got somebody advocated who can focus on the regional campaigns that we do have. Um, in Athens Earth, we have 11 groups in the northeast, from um, Alec Friends of the Earth down to Stock Incineration Now, which is in Redcar. And uh, what we offer our local groups is some logistical support around how to run regional campaigns, and then we tie them with our national campaigns as well. Um, our biggest national campaign at the moment is United for Warm Homes where we are lobbying MPs in the government to um, introduce a new insulation rollout so that homes across the country will have full insulation um, and it will benefit people for um, other people who are just the cost of living crisis as well as keeping heat at home so we don't need to use as much energy. Um, we're also looking at um, combining local campaigns which are for, um, it hasn't been decided yet, <laughs> I'm currently working on a um, proposal to bring around a national road review, which has just happened in Wales for England. Um, there's, there's lots of roads that are being proposed that are going to cost us a lot of money, but they don't actually um, combine with the uh, net zero strategy. And um, now that the road and rail strategy are being developed together for the first time, there needs to be a rethink about what roads are being built because at the end of the day, we don't want people on the road and we need trucks to be taking end-of-line journeys when we can put more freight into rail. Um, but generally, we get to support and get to support things that are going on in the northeast, um, whether that be the um, Tees Works dredging of the river um, or water pollution in, in Alec in the, in the northeast coast. Um, our local campaigns here in Darlington as well, uh, sorry, not only here in Darlington, but just down the road, there's a lot of campaigns going on, particularly around house building. And um, we are looking to push a warm home campaign to the new constituency of um, Spennymore New Newcliffe, where that will be a target seat for the party and the Conservatives. And we're hoping to use that as an opportunity to um, force the candidates and the parties into a position that we like for United for Warm Homes. Um, so if there is anybody from New York like spending more, we're looking, looking to get that off the ground soon and I'd love to speak to people from here. Um, but generally, we're just here to support local campaigns, if anybody has anything going on, particularly for, oh, obviously it was a friendly earth group here, um, but we're happy to support any campaigns that are going on really in the, in the wider movement. 
Um, and because I'm here now, we can have a bit more of a, a wider presence in the northeast. So this year, we're going to be attending the gala for the first time and uh, leading the environmental block there. Um, we're going to be attending Northern Pride and we're going to be taking a much bigger part in things that happen up here like COP28 is going to be coming soon as soon as the gala is out of the way we're going to be planning for that. Um, obviously a very different one this year because it's going to be later on in December. But generally we're just here to support all the climate actions that are going on in the North East and work alongside other partners and develop partnerships with people who well, haven't necessarily in the past, particularly trade unions. Um, as I feel that's been something that's been kind of left out of the uh, climate movement, um, the work classes and the trade unions. And that's my history. Um, I was formerly an RMT rep for a long time, uh, as I worked on the railway in a, in a previous life. And I'm bringing that kind of background and expertise to Friends of the Earth. I hope. Um, but I think that's about it for me. Um, I'll pass on to the next speaker and then we're going to have a question and answer later. Thank you. Peter at the heart of the community on 105.9 Bishop FM. My name is Sharon and I am the Managing Director of Climate Action North. We, we used to be North East, but we did a bit of a Game of Thrones thing and took over the North, really, so we kind of dropped the East a while ago, but we still have the website um, as North East, so, um, but we are North, so we are working along the the whole of the northeast in the region but also into North Yorkshire and also into um, Scotland and bits of Scotland because they've asked us to work with them as well. So, but you can see uh, we have four directors. We've got myself and Julie Harrison and um, Jennifer Claire Robson and Phil McCary. All of us have been in climate change a long time. I am exhausted because I've worked in climate change for about 30 years so it's a tough job trying to fight for um, action in, climate, in the climate crisis and it's a difficult job and I'm a businesswoman in my, in my own right, I have my own business so I've run my own business for 10 years as an environmentalist and then I set up Climate Action North as a community interest company, not for profit to drive forward action in the community. What else could we be doing that we're not doing already? Um, so basically we set up this um, community interest company forming with the four directors. So we've all got specialist skills and we all add those to the community interest company and it makes us quite, a, I would say quite powerful because we have that knowledge to be able to talk to local businesses, we get businesses involved and they actually fund us. So we're not actually funded by lottery money or anything like that. We hit the ground running in 2017 with private corporate money. They paid us, we got on with it. That's what we did and we still continue to do that now. So these are, these are our sponsors, um, a lot. The top layer are the people that give us money every month yay, to deliver what we deliver and the rest of them are the people we've worked with in the past. There's quite a few on there, there's quite a few not on there because I couldn't get a screen big enough to put them all on but there's a lot of people that we work with all, you know, with the same sort of principles in mind and making sure that we can all work together to make a difference. So we have a number of initiatives. So bear in mind, we um, obviously listen to what Gavin was saying as well. We're not actually a campaign group, but we do stuff. We make sure that we, we back the campaigns, but we then get on with taking action. And we don't like being slowed down by
by project. So it's like it's really difficult sometimes when you work with big convoluted projects, you want to get on with it and you can't because for some reason there might be something that's in the way. So we like to be able to work independently with people who want to make a difference and we can get on with stuff in, you know, under the radar if we need to or with bigger partners if we need to. So we've got four um, on the screen there. So we've got uh, Pollinate Parks, which is the one I'm really proud of. So we are rewilding the North's business parks. We're basically taking land off businesses if they'll give us it. So we, we, pinch, we pinch the land, we get some volunteers, we get money and we plant British native wildflowers for pollinators. But what we also do is we'll plant native trees in the right place for the right reason. So I wouldn't say we're a tree planting company, we're not. We're a rewilding business, that's what we do. We're trying to get people to wild up their spaces and get back to where they might have been. You've got a lot of sterile business parks, we work on them all the time, but what we want to do is, is wild those places up and give something back to nature. And what you then inevitably find is that people are actually thankful for that because they've got somewhere nice to go and eat their lunch, which is good. So we've got um, another couple of projects. I won't go into too much detail with these because I won't be there forever. But Global Wilders is an education project and that's basically working with schools and communities. So the communities and the businesses as well who pay us to deliver, they give us money to link up their community. So we deliver the activities of Global Wilders. It's an award scheme and that is delivered in the local school. So the kids do a number of different activities around rewilding the sustainable development goals of which there are 17 i see the badge and the sdgs so we do stuff around sdgs and we make sure that the children are aware of what they need to be thinking about to be better global citizens in the future and it's really working as an award we also have an extension to that to be an ocean wilder so we get the kids on the beach picking litter and they get their ocean wilder stick as well so then we've got Northeast Action for Rivers, that is very much a technical project where we are on the boats on the weir, because we're based in Sunderland, and we are actively picking the pollution out of the river, so we're picking the plastic and we're putting it into a repurposing. We have a specialist recycler that works with us and he repurposes the plastic that we collect into watering cans. So we have watering cans from the plastic from the, uh, from the river. So we're just basically getting on with that, cleaning up the river that we know we can. We've got specialist boards um, and hovercraft people that work with us as well. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And then the Free the Trees is all about um, a project I came up with at Dalton Park because Dalton Park is one of our clients and they had loads and loads of trees with the tree guards still stuck and the trees were just desperate to get out of those guards. So we took all the tree guards off and we've put them through the same repurpose and recycling company. So again, those tree guards have got a different life now. They come out as a, as a, as a watering can, basically. It's brilliant. And then we've got an academy. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that, but we have an ocean pollution course that is live already, and you get a cheeky box for that. It's four hours learning. We have a rewilding Nature and Us course being launched in September. So you can learn more about rewilding, it's a four hour course. And then we've got other courses that are being developed, but they'll all have a, a rubber stamp on, so you can have a bit of formal education. And then we've got the Business Action Toolkit, which is purely for businesses to, Gavin mentioned uh, Net Zero, we're working closely with businesses about getting them on that Net Zero journey. What do they need to do to make a start to get to Net Zero before 2030, which most people are saying to me, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about, Sharon, I don't even know what Net Zero means. So then we have to work with those businesses to translate what Net Zero means for their business and how they can then become 
more competitive with the other businesses that are racing ahead, they're getting all the business, you know, they've got loads and loads of opportunity. The smaller businesses are getting left behind because they don't know what to do. So we're making sure that those businesses are equipped through this toolkit so they can move on. So the Northeast Business Innovation Centre in Sunderland is where our headquarters is. And they were the first people we nicked the land off, really. We said, have you got a piece of land that we can plant up? And they said, yes, yes, we have. We've got this piece of land, it is just completely grass that was mown. Um, to within an inch of its life, which is on the right-hand side picture, you'll see the grass is still there, but now we have a flourishing, really thriving mini meadow and two pods, we call them pollinator pods. We've got one at the right and one at the left, um, and they are just thriving. We planted about 300 British native wildflowers in the meadow, um, but just by leaving it, we got bee orchids. I mean, everybody knows what a bee orchid is. So the bee orchids just came and, and they just kept coming and they were just brilliant because we weren't mowing them. So that's really lovely. And it's a really nice way of the people that work at the Business Innovation Centre will often tweet us and say, oh, we've seen a bee orchid, or we've seen a bee. And it's a nice story to think that something is happening. And you know, they are finding it, the pollinators are finding it. So Pollinator Parks is a branded programme owned by ourselves and we are we have this aspiration to rewild the north's business parks by 2030 so if anybody has a business park that they want us to come and look at we can come and look at it so this is dalton park so everybody know where dalton park is the shopping center if you go to marks and spencers go into the garden next to it that's our garden the gate is open it's free for everybody just to wander around go and just contemplate in it, you know, wander around, tell us what you see, have a nice uh, look. We've got four different types of orchids in there now. So we've got bee, northern marsh, pyramidal and common spotted. Again, they just come on their own because we didn't mow the grass, fantastic. We did put 300 plants in there as well. So you've got things like the scabious and the hawk's beard and everything. So they're all coming through. We did a, um, a walk last week with the Natural History Society of Northumbria. We've got about 50 or 60 different species just by wandering around so. And then very quickly we've got the Darlington Deans project. Again, this was an extension of Pollinator Parks. Um, just about making sure some of the park could be wilded up a little bit or go back to rewilding. Um, and we worked closely with Darlington Borough Council with their maintenance teams as well, their, their mowing teams, and they've completely embraced the new mowing regime and they're not mowing the meadow, which is fantastic. Oh, until the end when it needs a good cut, you know, but you just do the one cut, so that's really cool. So Global Wilders, these are our kids that have gone through the award. We've got Walton Wilders, which is a school in Northumberland. We had Kirk Merrington, not very far from Spennymoor. If anybody's ever been to Spennymoor and Kirk Merrington, go and just drive past the train. The train is amazing, the library train. We crowdfunded to install some solar panels on the crowd uh, on the train. We must, we think it must be the only solar-powered train in the world. No, we don't. We said it must be a pretty good one. But yeah, we've got solar panels on that library train, and the children are absolutely brilliant. Wickham Wilders and then Dalton Wilders, which is again the tree planting that we did at Dalton Park. There is another meadow up the hill, which is all again British native wildflowers and trees. We're not just doing trees and bees, we don't just do that, we also do ocean work. So I obviously work in Sunderland, so I'm right on the coast and I live on the coast. So 
if we're going to get through the climate crisis, is what I say, we must use the ocean and the sea as a resource because we did a, a conference about seagrass just two weeks ago. We had a hundred, just under 100 people in the room. All of the big players from the ocean world were there and we agreed that we would do something. So seagrass is one of the the solutions that came out of that conference and a lot of people are planting seagrass. Now it sequesters carbon something like 35 times faster than a normal forest. So we must use an ocean environment to sequester and absorb that carbon dioxide because it's there and we've got it on our doorstep and we should be using it more. So the ocean conference was a really important way of driving stuff forward as well. If anybody follows us on social media or they want to go on our website, we're always running events, whether it's face-to-face -face events, but we have this thing called book wilding, which is rewilding through books. So if you have come across a book that you've read that's like, oh my god, that was really good. Um, I don't know whether anyone's read Wilding from Isabella Tree. Yeah. Well, basically, Isabella Tree is our guest in August, and that is her new book on the table. I brought it because it's our toolkit because in there is a whole chapter about community rewilding. What can we do in our own gardens, our window boxes, our doorstep? If we haven't got a garden, how can we bring something what into our environment? How can we do that? So it's a really brilliant toolkit. And so what can we do? I should say, what can we do? Um, rewind your garden. Who has a garden or who has a yard? I've got a yard. I've been speaking to, um, yeah, <laughs> we've been talking about yardens. Because I've got a yard. It's about the size of half of this room and it's uh, 30 years in the making and it is crammed with pots and crammed with fruit trees and crammed with buzzy bees. And I've got bees and I've got butterflies coming in and I literally just had a common uh, holly blue land in my yard and uh, I've never ever seen a holly blue before there and I've got speckled woods coming in so it's important that you make these spaces for people and then uh, the pollinators sorry and they will come it will, eventually they will find it so my aspiration for the community rewilding so we are going to be um, sorting this out on a network is to call them crews C-R-E-W, which is Community Rewilders. So how many crews can we get going across the whole of the northeast to get these hot spots made? It's, you know, lots of people are doing it and we're working with all those people who are already making wild spaces, but we hope to get them all on the same network with us so that we can pinpoint on a map who's doing what and where you can go to help if you need to. But all these plants are really important. These are ones that we tend to focus on when we plant. Everybody knows, I'm sure, that bees like purple. They're like really drawn to purple. They go for purple. Um, but don't forget to plant for other pollinators as well. And just about the bees, there's something like 237 different species of bees and one honeybee. So it's like making sure that you know all of these different pollinators have somewhere to go. Moths are really good pollinators, so are the birds. And so are wasps. Nobody likes wasps, but I like wasps because we wouldn't have beer, chocolate and wine and bread if we didn't have a wasp. So it's important to make sure that we, we help them all. Um, and remember to leave water out for the birds and the insects. Because... And these are some of our favourite uh, pink and purples. These are all pictures I've just taken yesterday at our pollinator par uh, parks garden. So we've got the hoverfly landing, the scabies coming out, the red campion, and the knapweed, and the bees are landing on This is my garden. Um, I've got a flock of goldfinch landing on my birdie spa. I call it the birdie spa. And they land every day, come for a bath, and then they'll 
they go away and then the blackbirds come and then the starlings come and then everyone else just piles in so it's important that we provide you know habitat for all of the especially in this weather not just us getting quite hot it's all of the uh, the nature and that's my my yard and literally it's the bird box is not occupied by the great chicks that were there last year and fledged nine chicks. It's actually occupied by tree bumblebees. So the tree bumblebees are in there and I don't evict them because obviously they found it before the birds. So obviously I've got tree bumblebees in there at the moment. So everything's providing a hot spot or is a safe haven for everything else. So ways, ways you can help us, if you want to follow us, is we have a newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter on the website, or you can become a Patreon. We have a Patreon where you can pay something like £3 a month, the cost of a coffee, and it will come into our fund to either plant trees, plant pollinator parks, deliver activities, whatever you need us to. But you can actually sign up to be any one of those patrons as well. And we're in the brand. Obviously, we have a brand. We have a T-shirt for everything whether it's a bee or whether it's the ocean or something, we have a t-shirt for that. Um, yeah, and that's some of our patrons as well there. I think that's me done, but the one thing I would say is if, if you are in a position to invest in the Book of Wilding and basically sign up for our talk in August, it's definitely worth doing. And, the, and I say there is a whole chapter about how we can rewild from you know large scale areas down to a window box. That's me, thank you very much. to Bishop FM on your smart speaker. Ask it to play Bishop FM. Well, as I said earlier, uh, we had uh, a uh, question time type uh, panel session uh, at the Green Fair uh, last week uh, at uh, Bishop Auckland uh, Methodist Church. And uh, I want to apologise uh, for the sound uh, because uh, we actually only had one microphone and uh, we had to pass that uh, down uh, and uh, around uh, the panel. Uh, and uh, also, uh, Christopher Brown uh, from uh, Wash Youth Theatre uh, thought he was there for something else, uh, which he did at the end, uh, which we recorded uh, as well. Uh, but uh, let's uh, join uh, the panel uh, and uh, me uh, last week... Uh, Introducing uh, them. Peter Rush at the heart of the community on 105.9 Bishop FM. Calvin Lawson, uh, Friends of the Earth. Uh, we've got uh, Grace from uh, Bishop Auckland and Beyond and Ada Lyons. Um, and uh, we've got uh, Sharon Lashley, uh, Climate Action North. Uh, as well as um, Jackie Stonehouse here at the end uh, from uh, Bishop Auckland residents and uh, Esme and Christopher uh, both from the uh, Wash Youth Theatre. So welcome to the panel and welcome to uh, all the audience uh, here. Um, the first question that I'd like to uh, sort of put out there uh, is what has you been your favourite part of the Green Fair today? Uh, do you want to start off, uh, Calvin? Uh, so my favourite part of the day has been just seeing how many people are here and how many different things are going on. Um, you tend to go a lot of these and there's a lot of very similar things, but there's been things that I haven't seen, particularly in the uh, room over here on the right. Um, a lot more about reuse, recycle and information going on that you don't normally see, so I was, I was quite glad to see a bit of diversity and uh, so many people here. Grace? 
Hello everyone. Um, yeah, so the thing that I've enjoyed most today has been the conversations. Had some really, really good talks with everyone today. Um, a good range of talks as well. You know, like environmental issues and climate change can be daunting, but the conversations I've had today have all been really, really inspiring. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of led into the atmosphere, which has kind of got me inspired today. It's just been really lovely to chat with everyone. So um, thank you for coming and chat with me at the store. It's been, been really nice. So thanks, everyone. Sure. Hi everybody, yes, um, I've enjoyed just being here, seeing everybody um, at the event. I've been across to the other venue as well and had a little look around the stall. It is refreshing, I think, it, in, in my business, I work in climate change every single day. It's easy to get overwhelmed and sad by everything that's happening in the world and get really sort of down with everything. But events like this pull me back, I think. So that's nice to think that, you know, I've come to an event where people are, they do care and they want to do something. And I think that pulls me back into, yeah, we, we've got to get on with it. We've got to get something done. And I think it's nice to see everybody join together as a community as well. So thank you for asking me along. Thank you. Christopher, what, what's what's sort of been the best part for you today? We turned in environmental speech. Super, what about you, Esme? What, 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 what's... What's been the best or your favourite part today? Um, my favourite part of the day was seeing everyone who's into the same things that I am and like with all the stalls about the environment and just having fun with my friends, making smoothies and just having fun about the environment. When, and I'll read through um, thanks to Jane for helping us and yeah, that's my favourite. Do, do you think you've learned something by coming today? Yeah, I think it's like been very eye-opening and like it's got a good new side of the environment where it's like you're not always worrying about what's happening. It's like the fun side of it. That's great, that is. What, what, about, uh, what about you, Jacqueline? What's been the best for you? Well, the curry was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to all the people that are working in very hot conditions over there, working in the kitchens and providing everybody with food and refreshment. That's been fantastic. Um, but also to meet professionals who um, are one person in Bishop Auckland in isolation that wants to see change. But to know that there are support groups out there that you can go to when you have an idea and they will support you in making that dream come true and hopefully that this venue and these people here who feel the same as I do will pull together and we'll make something happen in Bishop Auckland. Thanks Jackie. Just sticking with you, uh, what's your top green tip of today and we'll go back down the line again. What, what, what's for you the, the, the best thing? Keep planting. Keep planting. Any space you've got, keep planting. Some some insect, some bird, some person will thoroughly enjoy your efforts. No matter how big or small the space, keep planting. And Esme, what, what, what's, what's been your tip? What, what have you learned today that you're going to take away? I think I'm going to take away how you can reuse like oranges, for example, from the store where you make your own like, bird feed. And I feel like that's a big thing because birds are like a good species that we need. And to make something from like something that we just chuck away is like a big thing to help the environment. So I think that's one big tip that I'm going to take away. What about you, Chris? Is there something that you've learned today 
cannot litter into it. Try saving the environment. Can sample the animals as well. Yeah, litter. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what about uh, you, uh, Sharon? I think the one thing that I would say that I've learned, and it's just been reinforced by everybody at tea today, is that do something about something you can control. You can't control what's happening in the rest of the world. I can't control what's happening in the rest of the world. But for 30 years, I've been worrying about it. But I can't do anything about that. So I think the thing that we need to do is work with what we can do, work where we can control things and when we can make a difference. So concentrate on that. And then that's when we get the job done. Bryce? Yeah, mine is quite similar to that one, actually. I think um, my tip is, is just to use your voice. Um, we will have power in our voices, but I think it is quite easy to forget the power that we have as individuals and as a collective group of people that are interested in these matters. So using your voice doesn't have to be public speaking. It can also be organising an event to raise awareness. It can be connecting with other people. It can be chatting with family and friends. So use your voice, there's power in it, and let's not forget that. I think all the great interesting quote there, I would just like to think that today actually was reminded us that there are small local businesses that are creating quality ethical organic products and if you go to the room next door there are fantastic products that not really would benefit the local economy but it can make it sort of circular economy and things stay in the local area in an ethical and uh, natural way uh, okay let's ask you another question then and, and we'll come back down the line what's your favorite green place to spend some time around bishop auckland well, I'm from Gated, uh, so I, I, I was going to say. <laughs> well, I was going to say Saltwell Park because that's a fantastic place yeah. we've got. But um, I have got two cockapoos, so anywhere I can get out in the nature, into the fields, farm fields, and take the dogs out for a good five, ten mile walk is perfect for me. And these kind of areas are, are perfect for that. Yeah, this is a tricky one for me because I am based in Newcastle um, and I'm actually, maybe I'm starting with an accent, I'm a southerner. So I'm from Devon. So I've been up in the northeast for about four or five years now. So I'm very much learning the local area. So I will be listening to all of your um, tips for where to go in Bishop. But um, to be honest, just the northeast in general, County Durham and Northumberland is absolutely stunning. I go out every weekend, go for a walk, and I've still not actually been to every place yet. So just everywhere you go in this part of the world is just absolutely beautiful and I feel very blessed to be up here so a um, bit of a cop-out answer but also <laughs> it's my answer no <laughs> so yeah thank you yeah I think that's a tricky one as well because I'm like Grace and uh, Calvin I'm not from here but I do travel around the uh, County Durham a lot in all honesty when I came in here today I actually went to the left of the maze, what looks like a little sort of maze, and, and I've been over the church, obviously for the curry, as I met Jackie, um, and I think anywhere where there are flowers, I've just been watching the bees land, and I think anywhere where there's greenery or there's a landscape that is, could be wasteland, you know, you'll always find some beauty of nature in anywhere that you look. So I think um, in terms of wonderful places, for me, I'm a coastal girl as well, obviously I like the sea, so I live next to the sea. So for me, it's anywhere with water and anywhere with greenery. And it doesn't matter whether it's a, a tiny pocket park in the middle of Bishop Auckland, or it doesn't matter whether it's a, um, a potted plant, it could be anything. I think just find, you know, find beauty in nature wherever you go, because we really, really 
wouldn't have a plant if we didn't have nature. So it's great to hear um, the kids talk about, you know, looking after nature and the environment because it's incredibly important. So yeah, anyway, anywhere that's green or has a flower, it's good for you. Where do you like spending your time, Christopher? I normally just go for walks at it. I go walk along the beach. Do you have animals, dogs, or, or anything like that, or do you just like to just go out for a walk? No, I normally just go for walks with my family. Fantastic. But it's nice to get out in the fresh air, though, isn't it? Yeah. What about you, Ismail? For me, um, my favourite place, it's like more on the outskirts of Bishop, but it's Toft Hill. Like, the most, the, pretty much the one of the most places that I've seen with, like, just green that's like it's a place where you can go and just like relax and not worry about anything um and like i grew up there like most of my life so that's like my favorite part of like bishop for me yeah right thanks and uh finally jackie well i'm going to bring it a lot closer to home i'll say my backyard <laughs> <laughs> And the reason for saying it, that is that during COVID, everybody was forced to stay inside. And uh, having been through illness and then COVID that followed on from that, it was an absolute lifesaver. I've got a yard, which is just a standard thing that you'll see all around Bishop Auckland. And I've planted it and over the last, it's been there for 10 years, but it was really flourishing just after three years and I counted 15 different species of birds just in my backyard. So it shows you you don't need to have a huge space to encourage wildlife. And one of the nicest things to do, an everyday thing, wash the dishes and look out of the window and see what appears. And you can have dragonflies, you can have birds, you can have butterflies, but it's on your doorstep and you don't have to go very far to enjoy it. And that would appeal to anybody who is in a house where they're restricted and they can't get outside. So I'd love for those opportunities to be available for anybody and everybody that wants that to happen. I think one thing that you can do is you can be in your own space. Um, because I, 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 I've only got a small back garden, I live in Fish Portland. Um, and, and it's just great being out in the fresh air, isn't it? And, you know, growing a few plants and, and, and watching nature develop. Um, I wanted to ask the panel, because, I mean, we've had a, a lovely warm day today. How does the panel think that we can best prevent the world from getting too hot? Because that's an important question, isn't it? I'll come to you first, Jacket. First of all, thanks very much for that. <laughs> what a big question. Um, well, obviously, the first thing would be to try to consider planting more and more trees in the right location in order to reduce the amount of heat that's bounced back off hard surfaces and tarmacked areas, to bring more and more green vegetation into city centres, which in, in, in itself cleans, cleans the air, but also cools the city. So that would be my first choice. Thanks, Jackie. Esme, what, what do you think that we can do to prevent the, the earth getting even more hot? Well, this is like pretty much of a, a it's a simple answer, but it's not going to like do loads. And it's a bit like what Jackie said, but like, I think 
the most thing that we could do is like do our best in like turn lights off, saving the water and stuff. But then planting's also a really big one. But like, because we need to look after all of our wildlife. But it's a quite a tricky question to answer, especially being like young and not like knowing as much as like. I'm old and I don't know much. <laughs> <laughs> so I think. I'm even older. <laughs> So, I think mine's just pretty much as similar as Jackie's, but yeah. That's fine, that's a good answer. What about you, Christopher? Apart from planting trees and saving electricity and what, I can't really think of much else. That's absolutely fine. We've all got to do our bit to help, haven't we? That's, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm just going to echo what everybody else has said, Jackie, Esme and Christopher as well, about Again, bringing it back to what we can do. You know, we can all do something. If we didn't do anything and we did nothing, that degree rise would come quicker. It, it is coming, whether we like it or not. So I think without being a doom and gloom, which is not what we do anymore, we talk about how can we adapt to the changing world. The world is going to change. How can we adapt to that? And what can we do to make our lives the best we can possibly you know, have in the future, especially for the, for the children that are growing, as, you know, in our sort of lifetime, they're going to be left with a legacy. But I think, you know, working in the sector for so long and seeing so many things happen over the years, it's about never giving up. For me, it's not giving up. It's been, we have a programme called One Small Change. If you could all make one small change, what would you do? And if one small change from 8 billion people on the planet, which is what we're about now, is if everybody made one small change and did something differently, imagine what that might look like in the world as a big, big impact. So, yeah, my, my, my advice is we don't know what's going to happen with those degree rises. And no one really does, but unless we all do something, but it's not up to us, it's not all up to us, it's about bigger powers have got a bigger part to play. And we can't control that, but what we can do is control what we do in our own backyards or in our own houses and whatever. So yeah, if we could do something, everybody does something, then it's better than nothing. Yes, um, exactly that really, exactly what everyone else has said, but I think keep organising events like this, um, keep inspiring this kind of community action within local communities, um, make that action national, then it goes international. I think, again, like I said before, the power in what we can do locally does have an impact globally, and it is so daunting thinking about that, but also like it is really inspirational to put on these events and see um, the action that comes from them. So just keep, if, if you're someone who likes organising events, organize them if you're someone who likes getting on social media and making a social media campaign do that like there's power in what you can do so um plant the trees and that kind of thing but also just try to bring other people within your passion as well by doing social action and getting involved in social justice as well yeah i mean i think everybody's pretty much coming under the one is a big question just to ask how to solve climate change <laughs> in the bishop methodist church um but as people said, just it's things like they just being active. Obviously, everybody's giving time out of the day here because they care enough about the problem. But um, just staying, staying active and we're getting a bit political as well. Uh, make sure you sign up to vote. And it isn't a party political issue. It's it's a universal problem that we have to deal with. So no matter what X you put your colour next, no, well, no, what a colour you put your X next to, make sure that every politician you come in contact with understands that this is the number one priority and this is what we need to be sorting out. Um, more than any other, really. Well, in the time, in the time that we've got left, 
Uh, I just want to ask a final question, and I'm, I'm going to stick with, with, with you, if I may. Um, one of the, the things that I've been involved in uh, is losing weight over the last six months. I know it doesn't look like it, but I, I've lost a couple of stone in six months. And uh, one of the things that, that helped me was planning meals. And uh, I don't know whether anybody's listened to it, uh, Green Matters on uh, Bishop FM. I was involved in a, uh, a program, a series of programs from January through to, well, just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it, it's certainly educated me. But if you were to make a green dinner, this is the, this is the final question. Uh, what's your top tip for the kitchen? Um, veggies go lovely in a curry. Oh, that, that's fine. Oh, sorry. Buy <laughs> <laughs> locally, eat seasonally. Um, obviously, strawberries are in season. Get them now. When squash is in season, get the squash going. So, um, and eat lots of colours as well because colours are natural. And yeah, get all of that in your diet because it is good for the environment as well. One of the things for me, by the way, was to plan what you're doing, what what you're eating, because that does cut down on on food waste. I was going to do the same, pretty much the same thing as what Grace has said, really. Try and eat locally if you can. If you can grow your own food, that's even better. But try and, um, you know, minimise your food waste. It's always good to say, let's just cook what you need and eat what you cook. That's what I usually say, you know, you know, and then you're not likely to have a load of food waste because food waste is a huge problem, as you can imagine, across the world. It's... Um, it's a big issue that we're trying to, to deal with around um, the whole of the world. So basically, yeah, if you cook and try and cook enough for everybody so that you don't have to waste a lot. And then maybe think about things that you can do with that food. You know, you can freeze a lot of food if you make too much. It's about how you manage the meals and how you you know actually do that. But yeah, cooking from scratch is great, fresh, and then cooking what you need. Eat like more fruits and vegetables and you can go like yourself. I think a big one is to not like wait, not cook like over what you need and to like not waste as much food as like say a household with like two people in and they make like loads of food. Like don't like keep like don't make stuff that'll go off quicker but then don't make over the limit that you need so just make like what you need and then don't waste it and then also a big one is to a bit like what other people have said like grow your own vegetables and grow your own fruit and things because that's a big thing and it'll help with like the heat and things as well so thanks i'll just repeat what everybody else has said um if you can grow your own if you can't why not think about a community garden and grow your own food from there not only does it bring the community together, you learn about planting the plants, but also you get better food from it. The flavour of something that you've grown, no matter how mouldy and manky it might appear because it's had slugs and things on it, it will have better flavour than something that looks pristine, that has been pesticide to death, that's been kept in a supermarket, sweating in a bag. So have the experience of growing your own food and tasting your own food. There's nothing more um, refreshing than to have something that you've grown. There's nothing more rewarding than having something you've grown yourself. Well, it uh, just falls to me to thank everybody on the panel. 
you wouldn't um, you wouldn't believe that that was half an hour, would you? <laughs> Certainly stood up here, it didn't seem like half an hour. But uh, thanks, Calvin, Grace, uh, Sharon, Christopher, Esme, and Jackie. Give them a round of applause. It's absolutely great to have a couple of youngsters on the panel and a particular thanks to both Christopher and Esme for uh, putting themselves through that. That will stand you in good stead for the future. I think Christopher thought he was actually doing what he's wrote something. All oh, right, and that's what he's got. That's why when we was answering some of the questions, <laughs> he was a little bit like, this is not what I was saying. So, yes, they've got that piece of paper in his hand. Well, well, we, we, can, we can do that absolutely. Speeches about the environment, about saving our planet. We can help save our planet by using less energy and conserving water. This can help by lowering the amount of greenhouse gas emissions. Vehicles also pollute the air with greenhouse gases, which cause climate change. Litter picking also saves our planet because then animals will be able to live peacefully in temperate tropical and subtropical grassland ecosystems. Large animals can reduce forest and bushfires, increase albedo, and help retain carbon in the vegetation in the soil. Animals also help with pollination pest control and climate control. Animals make a different difference on our planet mainly by eating. This house plants grow in different places and changes the environment. Air pollution can result in changes to the climate. These pollutants, including greenhouse gases, are often referred to as climate enforcers. Rising sea levels causes permanent flooding of low-lying areas and increased frequency, extent and depth of tidal inundation. Saving our earth and its environment becomes highly important as it provides us food and water to sustain life. And that is why we should try and save our planet. Another crucial effect on our planet is the portion of food waste that will end up in a landfill site where it rots and releases powerful greenhouse gases. Please help us try saving our planet. Well done. One of the most startling facts that I found out doing the food waste green matters, uh, I went down to Refuse Cafe and uh, Oliver's been here today doing smoothies uh, from uh, Refuse in Chester Street and uh, I spoke to uh, a very uh, inspirational uh, Nikki and she told me a startling fact and I've carried this for the last couple of months. We waste in the UK as much as it would take the area of Wales in one year to grow. And that's startling isn't it? Anyway, again, thanks very much to the panel. Thank you for, uh, for listening. Um, Please leave your feedback just on, on, on your way out. When you go, I'm, I'm not kicking you out now, but when you go, because it's really important to, for us. Uh, and I'd just like to hand over to Daniel, who uh, has been our inspiration and our organiser, uh, just to uh, 
say something just to, to sort of close the event. Thank you very much. Yes, I can only echo that. Wonderful, thank you. I'm really inspired by all your answers there. So thank you for being on the panel and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, it does force me, um, before you disappear, just to thank everybody who's been involved today. And that's a lot of people, um, including everyone who's just come along to see what it's all about. All the stall holders through there, people who've cooked over the road, uh, people who've put activities on. Um, it's all been amazing. Um, I'm just blown away, really. Um, especially wonderful just to see so young, many young people here and all that, all that you've done today has been really inspiring. So thank you to all the young people and particularly AYCC, Daisy Arts, Wash Theatre who've been here today and um, shared some of your experiences. So thank you. Um, I just want to say a big thank you to a few people, so bear with me. I just want to go on record, really, as thanking some folks. So um, a big thank you to Thomas Wales from Bacchanale, who's done loads of publicity for this um, for this day, and to a young man called Finley, who made a wonderful video, which you may or may have seen, um, and also to Bishop FM, obviously, who've kind of taken on this um, fair, really, as, 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 I don't know what you want to call yourselves, accountable body or something, but um, anyway, it's been great, and... Um, You've done some wonderful fundraising for us as well, which has been great. Um, I want to thank anybody who's helped to fund this day. So that's particularly Bishop Auckland and Sheldon AAP and councillors Cathy Hunt and Andrew Jackson, who've put some funding in for us. Bishop Auckland Town Council, um, Gornis Gateway, and particularly Susan. I don't know where she's disappeared to, but um, Susan has been an incredible support just with all the technical stuff and all the admin. So big thank you to Susan. Um, Newcastle Building Society, Believe Housing, and also Age Alliance, I think, has chipped something in for us. So thank you to all those people who've helped us today. Um, that's been great. And I really want to say a massive thank you to all the people who've been on our organising group, which has been meeting for about six months, believe it or not, to make this happen. Um, so there's been a wonderful group of people who've made this happen. Um, Joanne's sitting at the back there, and there's been others um, who've done that. I don't know where they've all disappeared to, but <laughs> we'll probably getting a cup of tea. Um, but uh, just before we finish, I really want to say a big, big shout out for um, John and Vanessa, if they're around. Um, Vanessa is there. Is John lurking about somewhere? He's disappeared. Um, <laughs> so Vanessa and John have been the ministers of this church. Um, sadly, moving on in about a month's time, isn't it, Vanessa? So, um, you know. So just to really say a massive thank you. You've been a real inspiration to the sort of whole town, really, particularly in environmental matters, um, and obviously to this church and to the Green Fair and helping this to happen and hosting us in your building. So <laughs> a big shout out to, to both of you and, and all the best and blessings for your future journey. Really. Keep up the good work here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and really, that's it. Um, just to say, you know, this is a journey we're on. Um, you know, there are those sort of journeys, but we're also on a journey. Um, it's a conversation. It, it, we need to just keep having this conversation, keep talking about these things. That's the whole point of the Green Fair. It's not to sort of put on a big splash for one day. It's to generate something that will keep going so wherever you are go and have those conversations in whatever way you can um watch this space there'll be more green matters um radio shows coming out hopefully later in the year um there may be some other little events following up this one and hopefully something else next year but we'll see um but yeah go out there and do what you've heard about today and um enjoy thank you so much for coming today Thank you to Jane from Daisy Arts, she's just round the corner.
hiding. Um, I just want to say a big thank you to her for inviting me today and inviting me on this panel. Thanks to everyone. You're listening to Bishop FM. Welcome back to this uh, special uh, Green Matters. Uh, of course, Green Matters uh, was uh, a series of programmes uh, to uh, complement the Green Fair. And recently at the Green Fair, uh, I, uh, I had to include this interview in this uh, last programme. Uh, I spoke to uh, Aidan. Now, Aidan's just 12 years of age, and he keeps bees. Well, he helps his dad uh, just by uh, Binchester Fort. And uh, this is what he had to say. I'm delighted to say that I'm, in, I'm joined by Aidan. And Aidan's here. He's here to talk about bees. Now, now, tell us a little bit about bees. Well, bees produce honey and the pollinate flowers, which is good for the environment. And if we care for the bees, they'll care for us. And how, how did you get into looking after bees? Because I know, I know your dad's got some bees and, and you help him, don't you? Um, when climate change started to be a big thing, my dad decided to get bees and I kind of started helping him with the bees, trying to stop climate change from happening by pollinating everything. And what's the, the, the most startling fact that you've learned about bees? The best fact that I've probably learned is that honey is made out of bee vomit. Ah. <laughs> and, and yet it's really nice to eat, isn't it? Yeah. And do you, do you collect the honey out of the hives? Um, we leave most of the honey for the bees, but sometimes we do collect a little bit because it's quite healthy for you if you have like a sore throat or a bit of a cough. And I, I came to see some of your bees a few weeks ago and the sun came out and they, they sort of, they, they storm out about 30 miles an hour, I was told, and when they come back, they're a little bit um, sort of laden down with the pollen. How, do, do you know how far they go to, in search of, of pollen? They go as far as they want. Like, as soon as they find flowers, they'll keep going there every single day till they've collected all of the pollen there. Then they'll find somewhere new and collect the pollen there. And are, are you going to continue to do this? Um, yeah, probably. Hope so. If nothing happens to the bees, then I'm going to keep this up for maybe all my life, maybe, because I absolutely love bees. You're doing an absolutely brilliant job, Aidan. And thank you for talking to us on, on Bishop FM. We should look after the bees, as you say, because they'll look after us. Thank you very much. Thank Aidan. you. Thank you. Peter at the heart of the community on 105.9 Bishop FM. Well, that's just about all we've got time for uh, on uh, this special edition of uh, Green Matters uh, this week. Uh, thanks very much uh, for joining us uh, here on Bishop FM. Uh, Green Matters uh, will be back uh, in the autumn, uh, but also in the autumn uh, there is uh, our Earth Week. Uh, the 20th to the 26th of November this year, and uh, a group... Uh, of uh, community radio stations all over the country uh, are getting together uh, to produce programming uh, about uh, what we can uh, do to help uh, the environment and our earth uh, that week. Uh, so I look forward to uh, you joining us for that. Thanks for your company. I'll see you real soon. Peter signing off. Bye for now. <laughs>